Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, the show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the T. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me again today on Next on the T. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was the site of uh, last year's Senior PGA Championship and the LPGA Legends Championship. Check them out online at FrenchLick.com. And we are also sponsored by our friends over at the Leather Shop, makers of top-quality custom-made leather dress, casual, and golf shoes. Do yourself a favor, folks, and put your feet inside shoes. They're going to keep them feeling good and looking good all day long. You can find them online at the-leather-shop.com. Also want to welcome our new friends over at uh, the World Golf Village, located in historic St. Augustine, Florida. It's the home of the uh, World Golf Hall of Fame as well. No matter the time of year or the length of your visit, World Golf Village is sure to deliver an unmatched experience with friends or family and memories that are going to last a lifetime. For more information, visit them online at worldgolfvillage.com or give them a call, 1-800-948-4653. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the privilege of sharing with you two great guests. First up is going to be top 100 instructor Tom Patry, and Tom has taught over 100 PGA, LPGA, and club professionals. He was also the director of instruction at Westchester Country Club for 11 years. He, uh, he joined me back in November, and I'm very excited that he is going to be back with me again this morning. He'll be along with me here in just a few minutes. Following Tom, I'll be joined by Strixon Golf Brand Manager Eli Miller. We'll talk about their new Z330 or 355. Z545 and Z745 drivers. We'll also talk about their Z Star golf ball and we'll compare that to uh to the uh Callaway Chrome Soft. I play both golf balls, so I'm interested to see why Eli thinks I should shred the Callaway uh golf uh Chrome Soft golf ball and go strictly with their Z Star golf ball. So uh Eli will be with me here at the bottom of this half hour. So we're gonna have a lot of fun today. It's gonna be another insightful show, and I am so glad that you're here to take the journey with me over the next hour or so. Let's start the show off right, and that's by helping you start your mornings off right. Please go check out our friends over at Aroma Ridge because they offer an array of the finest mountain-grown gourmet coffees that you're going to find anywhere. You can find them online at aromaridge.com. Their secret? Hand-selected beans from a variety of golf-producing countries from around the world. They roast those beans to perfection by their very own roast master. And their coffees are roasted to order, folks. So they're roasted specifically for you. 
And if you like a little flavor in your coffee like I do, they, they offer almost any flavor that you can imagine. Plus, you can mix and match flavors if you want to create one of your very own. They've also got a wonderful line of biscotti cookies. And not only are their coffees great, but they are fantastic people as well. Please go check them out online, aromaridge.com. Like I mentioned a moment ago, Next on the Tea is brought to you by our friends over at the French Lick Resort up in French Lick, Indiana. Folks, you want to talk about a spectacular resort to both play golf and just to relax and enjoy yourself. Well, you need to go check out the French Lick Resort. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself. Let's uh, hear from a word from our friends up there. Now's the time to plan that golf getaway you've been dreaming about at French Lick Resort. We have new Golf Academy packages for 2016, guaranteed to take your game to the next level. Try our one-day Quick Fix Academy for golf emergencies. For more in-depth learning, try the Game Changer, designed to make you a better player. Our staff professionals are ready to work with you at French Lick Resort. Did you know there's only one place in the country that you can play courses designed by two members of the World Golf Hall of Fame on the same property? The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort make us an ultimate golf destination for 2016. Check out the Ultimate Golf Package, the Hall of Fame Package, and other great offerings at FrenchLick.com. Let 2016 be that year you finally take your dream golf getaway at French Lick Resort. Play the courses champions play. Yeah, folks, I've been there and played the Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses. They are absolutely spectacular. My family and I are certainly looking forward to getting back up there this summer. The French Lick Resort needs to be on your list of places to stay and play. And oh, by the way, my friends, they also have a casino right there on the property as well. For more information and to book your stay, go to FrenchLick.com. Every week here on Next on the T, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of our military who are tuning in around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We want to thank all of you for your daily sacrifices that uh, you and both your families as well are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Folks, if you see a member of our military when you're out and about, whether it's in the airport, at the restaurant, or wherever you might be, please stop for a moment and tell them thank you. They are our real heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T being a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to continue to remind our veterans, before, be sure to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org a great site, got a lot of news and articles and a wealth of information that is specifically geared towards our veterans out there that I'm sure you're going to find both interesting and beneficial for you. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Tom Patry. He is one of Golf Magazine's top 100 instructors. Let me remind you a little bit more about Tom's background. He grew up on Middle Island of Long Island in New York. In 1973, he won the Long Island Boys Championship and the Long Island Private Schools Championship. In all, Tom won 15 junior events during his junior golf career. He played his college golf at Florida Southern, where he was a uh, two-time first-team All-American there. 1981, he led Florida Southern to the Division II National Championship, and he won the individual honors as well. 1992, he was inducted into the Sunshine State Conference Hall of Fame. 
Tom turned pro and played professionally from 1981 to 1988 in the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Europe, and South Africa. He later became the director of golf instruction at Westchester Country Club, site of the Westchester Classic and several other PGA and LPGA tour events over the years. He has been named the teacher of the year everywhere he's been. Golf Magazine named him a top 100 teacher every year since 2000. And beyond all of that, Tom's an excellent writer. His work can be found in numerous publications like Golf Magazine, Golf Digest, and Golf Illustrated as well. And you've likely seen him on the Golf Channel's Academy Academy Live uh, show that uh, you see periodically there during the week. And I'm extremely honored that Tom is back with me and next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. And I want to just reiterate what you said about the armed forces and those people who serve us every day. Uh, God bless them all. Ah, thank you for putting that in there, Tom. So, Tom, let's let's start off today. You know, it's uh, it's been a little while since we had you on the show, going back to November. Uh, talk about uh, what's been going on over the winter, what you got coming up this summer, and particularly your new facility down there in Naples, Florida. Yeah, we've made a change, Chris, in Naples. We, uh, after nine years at the quarry, which is a great run there, we were asked to move over to a new facility called the Esplanade, which is literally right next door. It's a brand-new facility. It's a wonderful, uh, very playable golf course, and uh, – it's been a great winter there. It's our, our kickoff winter there. It's been well-received, and uh, we'll be there going forward. Uh, hopefully, uh, as I sail into the sunset, my background in my career. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's a fun place. And uh, if you haven't been there, haven't played yet, so now it's, it's worth stopping in and playing. All right. And, and Tom, I, I, I want to kind of dip back a little bit into into your college golf career for a moment. <laughs> going back to the, the – the 1981 Nationals, which was held at that point just outside of Hartford, Connecticut, you're the number one player going in for Florida Southern. And, and like I mentioned in your intro, Tom, you won the individual title that year, and the teams r- ran away with the national championship. But you were paired with Rocco Mediate, who at that time was playing for California University and would later transfer to Florida Southern where you played. Talk about what, what do you remember about that championship, playing with Rocco and then uh, – him later transferring to Florida Southern. Actually, Chris, that's that's um, not exactly right. Rocco was there as a spectator because he was thinking about transferring to Florida Southern at the time, um, and, and later did. And actually, had a successful career at Florida Southern. He, he teamed up there uh, right behind me when I left and graduated with Lee Jansen and uh, a fellow named Ralph Howe that went on to win the U.S. Publix and playing the Masters and uh, Marco Dawson who won the uh, Senior British Open last year. They had a heck of a team right behind us. Uh, we were we were kind of kicking them off, so to speak. We had a great run that week. Uh, everybody played well. I think everybody in the team finished in the top 20 in that event, uh, and we did run away. We were nine shots behind after the first round and then wound up winning by 43 shots. Uh, so that's a little scroll down memory lane for Tom Patrick. But uh, that Division Two National Championship just ended this past week again, and uh, every time I see a post about that and look back at that, you know, it's so long ago, Chris, but it's, it's a great memory. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> and and Tom, on social media, you recently posted that uh, you had an opportunity to spend some time with Bob Vokey at the at the Titleist Performance Center, which looks like an absolutely incredible place, by the way. What was it like getting to spend some time with Bob there? You know, Bob, I, I had not been around Bob at all. Uh, Titleist arranged that for me. That was kind of a just a nice gesture on Titleist's part. I've been with them as a partner with them for a long, long time. They've been extremely good to me, and I think you know, probably the greatest golf company in the world, in my opinion. But uh, they arranged me for me to spend a day with Bob one-on-one, and, and I'd never met him. He's just one of the most passionate, energetic, you know, gentlemen in his mid-70s you're ever going to meet. He uh, 
you can see why he's so good at what he does, Chris. He's so passionate about his um, his belief system in club design and web design, particularly. Uh, he's a, he's you know he's an artist. He he still he sculpts his pieces. He's uh, like Scott. He is on, on the putter side. Cameron uh, Bobby is is 100% involved and hands-on in what goes on titles and wedge play and, and wedge design and, and and to spend some time with him uh, talking about R&D and where, where the wedge game is going and where it's come from was, was you know, obviously my teaching was invaluable. And and speaking of, you know, Bob Oakey and the, and the short game and that sort of thing, you know, Tom, you wrote a book, The Six-Spoke Approach to Golf, which is available out there on Amazon.com for those who want to take a, take a peek at it and get that book. But in it, Tom, you talk about, you know, a simple, sensible short game technique. Take, you know, give us sort of a peek into that. What What is, how can we make, you know, the short game a little more simple and a little more easy to understand and execute? Well, you know, Chris, I think, I think the first thing before we can talk about technique of short game is that one of the things that troubles me after 36 years of teaching this great game still today is that I don't think, I don't think the general public has ever really truly embraced the short game and, and the amount of time it takes to, to develop a short game. I mean, short game is so field-based uh, and distance control is so field-based, quality of contact on short delicate shots is so field-based that the only way you're going to really get good at it technique aside is by doing it an awful lot. You know, we watch and tune in on CBS or ABC or ESPN on, on the weekend and watch these great players with these wonderful shots from difficult conditions around the greenside area. Um, I don't think the public has a real understanding or appreciation for how much time has gone into that, just just pure hours and repetitions. Uh, so, I mean, if I had to give anybody one simple piece of advice about short game, it's just that you've got to embrace that and, and spend so much more time doing that. And obviously, you know, to get into the really, really advanced stages of short game, uh, as as a club player, a recreational player, you you need a coach kind of to lead you down that road and and explain the intricacies of short game. So I would just ask the general public out there listening, the recreational golfer who really wants to change the bottom line of his or her scorecard, that one they have to they have to find somebody who can help them with that. They need some, they they need a real expert to help them with that. And two, they have to spend more time over in that short game area, off the range and beating balls. And, and it's interesting, Tom, because, you know, coming off the Players' Championship, uh, we heard Jordan Spieth talk about, you know, that his short game, you know, even, so even, you know, the number two player in the world who took some weeks off following the Masters talked about how his short game wasn't, uh, you know, really up to snuff, if you will. It wasn't where he needed it to be in order to be as competitive as he probably would have liked to have been at the Players' Championship. So, you know, it's not just, you know, for, you know, for we weekend hackers that are going out there to play and to spend time, you know, as you point out, working on your short game. It takes it takes time for the number two player in the world, even if he's even if he's away from the game for just a couple of weeks, you got to get it dialed think, back in. I think that's a great point, Chris. Uh, you know, I, I missed you at the Masters this year. And I appreciate your invitation to get together. We didn't get up this year, but last year we went up and and uh, Denise and I spent some time following Jordan around on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I'd never seen him up close before. It was my first opportunity to watch him. So I was very interested to see what, you know, what he did around the greens and, and how good he really was. It's so much more difficult, I think, on TV to see the nuances. But after watching him for three days up there, and, and obviously played, you know, an incredible, you know, weekend of golf during, you know, his win at the Masters, he has such good hands and such delicate hands and, is such a good precision player in that short game area that uh, he would be a great case study 
the people. And then we have this wonderful teacher in the world now that everybody can get to for free. His name is YouTube. And, and, and you can get to YouTube anytime you want. And there's so much great HD film on YouTube now. You can just about see anything you want. So I would really, I'd really encourage these recreation players out there to invest some time with Mr. YouTube and, and get on there and, and, and watch some of these great short game techniques, these great players up close in slow motion. You can learn so much doing that. And to, you, to that point, Tom, let's expand a little bit on that. One, one of the things that I find interesting is, you know, even the players out on tour don't seem to own their golf swings anymore. The moment something goes wrong, they're running back to a swing coach or getting hooked up to track man to try to figure things out. You know, I, I sort of always harken back to, to Mr. Nicholas, who never did that. He didn't run back to Jack Grout or Jim Flick every time he hit a bad drive or a, or a bad chip. So. Why is it so different now? Why are guys so – they don't own their swing. They, it seems like they don't believe they know their swing, and somebody else owns it. Yeah, Chris, I think that's a wonderful point. You know, I'm, I'm probably in the teaching industry, probably at, at uh, coming up on 58 years old, probably considered by a lot of these young guys a dinosaur. But, you know, I mean, I, uh, I, as you alluded to earlier, I was really fortunate. I had a wonderful junior career, a nice amateur career, a wonderful college career, capped off by that national championship. I never had a golf lesson until I was a year out of college. I never had a golf lesson. Forget track, man, it didn't exist. I never had a golf lesson until I was out of, out of college for a year wow. and, 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 playing, and playing professionally. And I, I think that we've, we, meaning the industry, not certainly me, uh, have enabled these young people today to become so ultra-dependent on us that they never really truly learn their own golf swing and what it, what it does, how it functions, and what it feels like. And, and they can't go back and replicate things. They get lost at times. And they need somebody to hold their hand and guide them down the road all the time. I think that's, I think that's somewhat unhealthy. I think that uh, certainly I, I, listen, I'm a coach. I, I believe in coaching. And I believe that if I had had a coach, maybe I would have taken my career a little further as a player. But, but I also try not, not to enable people uh, at, at any level to become ultra-dependent on me. I, I actually want them to take ownership of their own golf game and their own golf game and understand it. And I want to get to the point where I'm coaching, I'm not teaching every day, and you can go out and hit shots. And if you hit a shot offline, you understand cause and effect enough that you can make changes and, and, and make corrections. And, Tom, as I was sort of looking over, you know, the things you have out and available on, on social media, one of the things that caught my attention was a, a video you, you posted from Seve Ballesteros and how much fun it was for you to watch him as we talk about, you know, uh, you know, uh, chip shots in the short game. Boy, no one had softer hands, I don't think, in the history of the game than Seve Ballesteros did. Talk about what you admired about Seve. Well, because I was, I was really blessed in my time at Westchester to, uh, to uh, be befriended by Seve and spend some time with him on, on, on numerous occasions. And, uh, and I remember the first time um, I met him, he asked me if I'd watch him hit some balls, and I kind of was <laughs> taken back by that a little bit, that he actually wanted me to watch him hit golf balls. Um, and pay me for my time. Uh, we became friends. Uh, we, we stayed in touch through the years. He was a marvelous talent, Chris. He was a he was a bit of a freak. You know, I think there are players out on tour that are freaks. I think Freddie, you know, who's a friend of mine, is a freak. You know, John Daly's a bit of a freak. Um, I think Dustin Johnson is a bit of a freak. The people that come along have this incredible gift and talent to do certain things and hit certain types of shots that you can't teach. It's just it, it's a god it's a god given gift. And Seve certainly had that in his hands and in his imagination and his, and his ability to, to almost invent golf shots that nobody else had ever hit in the history of the game. He was a, a marvelous, marvelous talent, uh, a gifted individual that just 
had, had a vision for things to be done with the gospel that you know, nobody around him had. Uh, and, and I think that by watching him, I certainly learned to pick up things and talking to him, pick up things that I could convey to players and convert into a technique situation. Um, but you can't, you can't give somebody the gift of feel. Uh, it, it's something that to some degree you have. It can be developed. But he had it at a level, Chris, that was, was really, uh, you know, like I said, almost freakish. I'm curious, Tom, what, what's something you picked up from watching Seve that uh, you sort of incorporated now and, and you've passed along to other players over the years? Well, you know, at an advanced level, Chris, he hit all his short game shots around the greens with a very weak left-hand grip. You know, he, he, he weakened his left hand and made it neutral. He felt like he wanted to get into a very, very weak condition in terms of setup when he hit short shots so he could be very aggressive with your speeds. I mean, I think one of the things that people fear, you know, the average player fears is hitting the ball too far, hitting it past the pin, which, by the way, that never happens, actually, but that's what they fear, which is crazy. They they fear what they don't actually do. But Seve got into a very, very weak condition in the set. And the face was open, the left hand was weak a lot of times. So he could put a lot of speed on his arm swing, which obviously produced two things. It produced trajectory and it produced spin. Um, so you saw him hitting a lot of offensive short game shots, um, to very, very close-courted pins, where most, most recreational players play those shots very defensively. And this feeling is if you play playing your short-game shots defensively, you might as well go back to the clubhouse and play gym. It wasn't going to work out very well. <laughs> you know, he was a character. He was a character. So he made you laugh just like I just made you laugh. He had that ability to, to say things in that accent and that uh, he had such a charisma about him that he'd say something. He didn't know where he was going sometimes, and he'd go over the punchline, and you just, you know, you'd die laughing because he – he had quite a wit about him. And Tom, on your Twitter page, you recently posted the, the classic picture of Ben Hogan's one iron shot uh, at Marion in the 1950 U.S. Open. And he captioned it with, if you don't know where this is or the circumstances, you're in fact not a golfer. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, talk about that. Chris, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, again, here's my, here's my, Here's me showing my age a little bit. I, I have a wonderful room. I hope somebody comes to visit me in Naples. I have a wonderful office in my home, and I probably have blade books and boxes, probably 2,500 uh, 2, golf books, you know, club histories, instruction pre-1950 going back to the 1800s, instruction post-1950 going to current, you know, women's golf, uh, the physiology of golf, golf course architecture, you name their own categories. And I just think that we we've lost – the embrace of understanding where we came from and how we got here. And if you don't understand the journey and how, what the progression of the journey was and how things evolved in the game, I don't think you can truly understand the game today. So I think even a lot of these young tour players um, who can't hit certain types of shots, they're very, very robotic. They would be served well to go back and read Scotland's Gift Golf by C.B. McDonald or, you know, a, a variety of books that were written long before they were even on this planet, to make them understand how things evolved and how we got here, how the equipment changed, how the golf swing changed, how our understanding of, of, of playing the golf course changed. If you can see a golf course, for example, through an architect's eyes, you're better able to dissect the golf course and attack the golf course. So I think there's a lot of ways to get this, this job done, and I don't think that we've really embraced the history of the game enough in this generation to understand how we got here and how we truly played the game. And it's interesting that you talk about that, Tom, because on your site, which is fantastic, tompatry.com, 
you've you've listed you know several of your favorite sites, and one of them is our good friend Peter Kessler's site, where he's got a you know a, a lot of you know Peter's interviewed I think every major person in the game of golf this century, short of Bobby Jones. Um, I'm curious, talk about your relationship with Peter, because like, again, I don't know, I don't think anyone knows the history of the game any better than Peter does. Now, you know, you know, I, I was one of the, the early, early guests on Golf Academy Live when Peter was part of the Golf Channel, and, and I know there was a falling out there, you know, Chris, between Palmer and Peter, and I think, I think that I, I wish that, you know, while Arnold's still on this planet, that that, that would be reconciled and that would be that would be buried because I thought Peter was a wonderful, wonderful talent, and I think that I think that the Golf Channel would be served well, very well, to go back to Peter and maybe make amends and bring him back in some capacity. Because you're right, he Peter is a wonderful, wonderful story in the game. He he he's a wonderful interviewer, as you know. Uh, he he cares about the game. He cares about where we came from in the game and how we got here. And I think they lost a tremendous talent for, you know, some, some tough reasons when they lost Peter Kessler. I, I wish that would be revisited. I really do. I think it would serve golf well. I think it would serve the general public well. It's, I think it would serve the professional world well. I just think it would serve the history of the game well. So I, I have a tremendous respect for Peter and his knowledge. I don't see him much anymore. I wish I, I, wish I would see him some more. Um, I've kind of lost touch with him a little bit, but I, I, just, I just have a lot of regard for Peter Kessler's knowledge of the game. Yeah, he's fantastic. Peter joins me periodically here on the show and uh, certainly one of my favorite people. Please please give him my best and please maybe even send him a copy of this because I I would love to reconnect with him. I I just have a lot of respect for the man. I absolutely will do that, Tom. Thank you for that. So, uh, Tom, a a couple of things before we let you go, and I'm talking to Tom Patry here on Next on the Tee. Tom, like I said, you've got a wonderful site, TomPatry.com. Let our listeners know about all the great stuff that they can find on your website. Well, Chris, I also want to let them know that I'm going to be at a couple of new places this summer. One is called Colonial Springs on Long Island. I'll be there one week a month, and my dates are listed on my site, TomPatry.com. And I'm also going to be at a place called Bully Rock in Have the Grace, Maryland, which is a incredible peak by masterpiece. If you haven't played, it's a high-end daily fee. And I'll be there one week a month as well for the people in the Wilmington, Philadelphia, D.C., Baltimore area, if they want to get there and have some instruction. Um, but the site itself is really, Chris, it's turned into a compilation of of my life in golf. It, it, it has things like, you know, some junior advice. It's things like other teachers I admire are on there. Um, you know, advice and tips and, and, and uh, anything you can possibly name or imagine. Uh, there's a long blog history there of instructional pieces I've done over the years. So I really... You know, listen, we're all in business to um, to make a living. I, I did decide, obviously, the business tool, but it's turned into kind of an act of love and just uh, a place where people can go and get information too, and just and just stroll around, if you will, and and find and find information they might need to better their golf game. So it's it's really turned into uh, you know something I just I just I just love to develop and keep adding to. And and Tom, before we let you go, we can't let you go without getting a, a playing lesson that uh, we can take with you know with us out uh, this weekend on the golf course for for those of us who are getting ready to play this weekend. What's one of what's what's a great tip that you think we can use to help us save a stroke or two off our scores? Well, you know, because I think I think that one of the things that happens is we're so busy in our lives today is that people don't get to the golf course early enough. I mean, they don't get there soon enough. I'm I'm actually in the car right now. 
came to play in a, a charity event today. I was asked to play in here for the Naples High School football team. And Coach Bill Kramer, who's a three-time, four-time state champion down here, is a dear friend of mine. So I'm going to have to do a little clinic and spend some time with the boys out there today. It's going to be fun. But I'm going down there an hour and 30 minutes early because I'm an old fat man who has to stretch and warm up a little bit and, and do some things. So I'm getting in there plenty early. I'm going to stretch for 15 to 20 minutes in the locker room. I'm going to go out a full hour before my tee time and, and, and start out with a real, real short wedge pitch shots and, and, and gradually elongate my golf muscles and then spend a good 15 or 20 minutes on the putting and getting used to the speed of the greens because I don't get to play as much golf as I used to. And I don't want my playing partner to take my money today. I want to leave with a heavier, po- a heavier pocket than I, I want to leave with a heavier pocket than I came with. Um, so I'm I'm going down there well early, you know. It's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a simple charity outing. It's not like I'm going to play in the U.S. Open or something. But I I respect the game enough. I want to go down there and play well and put my best my best game face on. So I I don't need that much time to get ready. And I don't think the recreational golfer gets there early enough and really spends enough time preparing for their round of golf. So I wish they would. I'd wish they'd warm up and spend a little bit more time stretching their body and getting their body ready to hit some shots off the first tee. That's great stuff. And Tom, how can our listeners follow you over social media? Well, Chris, I you know you know two two Facebook pages, a personal page and a business page. Uh, definitely Twitter, definitely Instagram, and then obviously the best way to get to all those things and find me is just simply www.tompatry.com. Um, which I, I I love them getting there and just sending me. I have a, I have a spot there where they can ask me questions for for no charge at all. Any questions they want, I, I welcome those questions. I love people getting in touch and just you know being inquisitive. So that's fun too. Um, so have at it, folks. Come come get me. There you go. And Tom, uh, uh, thank you. I, I want to thank you first of all for joining me this morning. And I want to end our time by quoting you from an article that I found that appeared back in the, uh, a few years ago in the Naples Daily News. And in it, you stated, treasure each day to its fullest. Learn and enjoy as best you can from each experience. Let no event get you down. And finally, thank God for every day your eyes open and you see the, you see the sky, which is absolutely great advice for all of us. And I thank you uh, again for your time this morning, Tom. Well, Chris, thank you. And listen, I hope we get to meet sometime soon. Uh, if you're if you're up in Bully Rock on Long Island this winter, this summer, or you're in Naples next winter, Chris, I'd love to love to have you out for a game of golf. I appreciate it, Tom. I look forward to that. I'll try to make that happen. In between now and then, Tom, and hopefully we get to have you back on the show soon. But uh, all the best to you and your family. Thank you for everything you're doing for the game of golf. Yes, God bless you. God bless America. Thanks, Tom. That is. Tom Patry, and again, his site, TomPatry.com, folks. A lot of great stuff, a lot of great content on there, great videos as well. I you know, highly encourage you, please, go check it out. Tom Patry, and he spells his last name P-A-T-R-I, so TomPatry.com. All right, before we get to our next guest, Eli Miller, I want to give a shout-out to our new friends over at the World Golf Village, located in historic St. Augustine, Florida, just south of Jacksonville. World Golf Village is the ultimate golf vacation destination and a true paradise for fans of the game. The village, as it's often referred to by locals, is the home of the World Golf Hall of Fame as well, where the greatest players and contributors are honored, and it includes more than 70,000 square feet of displays, trophies, and personal memorabilia. The World Golf Village boasts two championship golf courses as well, including the King and the Bear, co-designed by Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus, and the Sam Snead and Gene Sayers uh, and Masterpiece, the Slammer and the Squire. Golfers looking to tune up your games before the round can book a lesson at, the, uh, at their golf school, the uh, PGA Tour Golf Academy, featuring the latest in learning technologies and world-class instructors as well. 
luxurious stay, uh, you know, stay away to there. The, the Renaissance uh, Resort there at the World Golf Village is fantastic. It offers an array of amenities, dining options, premier services. No matter the time of year, folks, or the length of your visit, the World Golf Village is sure to deliver an unmatched experience for family and friends and memories that you're going to treasure for a lifetime. For more information, go to worldgolfvillage.com or give them a call, 1-800-948-4653. All right, I'm going to get to my next guest, Eli Miller, on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. All right, now joining me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Eli Miller. Let me give you a little background on Eli. He earned his his BA in history at Cal Berkeley and his MBA in marketing at UCLA. He was a copywriter at the Deck Company, writing content for the front and the back of trading cards back in 2006. Can't wait to talk about that. From 2007 to 2011, he was a managing editor for Southland Golf, which is a magazine and an online website covering all aspects of the game in Southern California. He's been a brand manager for Cleveland Golf and the Strixon brand since 2011, and I'm very excited. He got up very early for me out on the West Coast and is next on the tee with me this morning. Hey, Eli, thanks for coming on the show. Chris, good morning. Always happy to get up early to talk golf. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Eli, I want to start, you know, as, as a guy, me, being a you know, collector of trading cards as a kid and through my you know, early adult years, let's start off by going back to your time at the deck company. What kind of trading cards were you writing copy for? Yeah, it's, it's really funny. It was my, my first job out of college was actually working. Uh, it was actually the upper deck company. Sorry. I know that they're uh, – um, they, they were around for a long time, and I think they still are around, but, you know, they had baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and um, I was I was writing copy for all those cards, um, mostly baseball. I think that was still their, uh, the biggest sports part of the business when I was working there in 2006, but uh, a lot of fun. I got to do uh, an NFL draft kind of photo combine and, and met a lot of the guys that were drafted in 2006, uh, Reggie Bush, Maurice Drew, um, didn't get to meet Matt Lyart when he was drafted that year. That was a, a big year for him. But, uh, you know, got to got to meet all the guys and do a lot of fun stuff uh, in that job. And uh, glad that I've been able to kind of move on into into golf and more of the golf business side of things, though. So uh, it, it, it's been pretty cool. I've had uh, – it's, it's kind of hard to believe that I was in college 10 years ago and got an MBA and everything. But it, it's been quite a, an interesting journey and, uh, you know, stoked to, stoked to be where I am today and very grateful for it along the way from everyone. And, and talk about moving into the game of golf. Eli, did, did you play golf as a kid, or uh, when did you first get introduced to the game? <laughs> I started playing when I was about 14. Um, I, I've never been a really serious player, to be honest. I've never really competed. I, I've just kind of loved the game. I like being around it. I was actually a sports writer in college at UC Berkeley, so I was covering the golf teams there, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed writing about the game, even though I wasn't really playing that much at that point. But when I graduated college, I just I wanted to kind of explore golf journalism, and I was fortunate enough to get involved uh, with Southland Golf in 2007, and that really has kind of propelled me to where I am today, just getting into the industry and, and learning as much as I can just about how the industry works and writing about it and and meeting a lot of really cool people and getting to do a lot of really cool things in the industry as well, as I'm sure you can, uh, as, as I'm sure you can relate to Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so talk about, you know, how did you go from editing, you know, the, the Southland golf magazine and then, uh, to, you know, transitioning to becoming a brand manager for Cleveland golf. So basically um, from the time that I was at Southland golf, I, I always loved to write, but 
I kind of got to a point in my career where I didn't really think I could be a professional golf writer for the rest of my life. I, I enjoyed writing and I, I really liked the just kind of writing and just kind of having the flexibility, but I don't know. Honestly, I wanted to make a little bit more money and just try to do something that was a little bit more of a firm career path. And um, marketing was something that was always of interest to me. And I think it was for what I had learned and kind of where my skills were, I think marketing was just kind of a, a logical progression away from journalism. So I, uh, I, I sent in a few applications to a few places and uh, fortunately Cleveland golf Strixon at the time was, uh, was willing to uh, cooperate on an opportunity for a product manager and, I was able to do a lot of the same things in writing, um, writing about equipment, uh, writing just about, you know, features and benefits of why these products are so great and they're going to help you play better golf and just being able to kind of make that into a position and just be able to uh, lend as much expertise and support in communication uh, for our products and just basically have a, have a job revolve around that. So it's been, it's been really great. Um, I've definitely been able to do a lot of great things with uh, with Strixon Cleveland and now the Zexio brand. And um, it's been, it, I've been able to learn a lot as a, as an MBA at UCLA and um, it, it's been great. I, I don't want to, uh, I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm gushing a little bit too much here. I don't, I don't want to talk too much about myself. <laughs> I'd rather uh, talk about all the great products that, uh, that Strixon and, and Cleveland have, but it, it, it's been great. It, it's been a lot of fun and I, I couldn't be, uh, couldn't be happy where I am. And as you mentioned, you like cool experiences. I'm curious, you know, what are some of the, you know, the favorite things that you've had an opportunity to do now over at, at Cleveland golf, maybe some of the, the players you've had an opportunity to interact with and uh, to get to know. Well, Grant McDowell, I mean, he, I've been fortunate enough to do some interviews with him. Uh, he's just the nicest, easiest guy to work with. And he's a pretty good golfer too, which is, uh, which is helpful. Um, been able to go to a lot of great events uh, and have just great interactions with, um, with our tour pros. Um, you know, in my old job, I got to cover the U.S. Open, and I was out at events all the time. Now I'm not really so much going out to events. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty much in the office most of the time. But at the same time, doing a lot of things, interacting with our tour staff, uh, taking the product really from the cradle to the grave, really just trying to work on products, you know, two years before they're made and then all the way from the two years until they're ending uh, in, the, in the field. So there's so much to be able to do. Um, honestly, I can't think of one kind of really, really memorable, like, tour-related experience at Cleveland Golf Strixon, but just to kind of give you an idea for my, for my career in golf, by far the most memorable thing for me kind of in the field, I guess, is working the uh, 2008 U.S. Open when Tiger Woods beat Rocco Mediate in the playoff of Torrey Pines because I grew up in San Diego and uh, Torrey Pines has a lot of uh, special memories for me. I didn't, uh, not that I've shot under par rounds there, but, you know, had a lot of great times there with my buddies. And, uh, you know, being able to cover that event just with the way it unfolded was just unbelievable. And to be right there the whole time covering it was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet that was. And, and, and Eli, you know, as I as I talk to you know people across brands, you know, and you mentioned you know Graham McDowell, you know, I, if, if a player you know leaves Strixon Cleveland Golf and, and signs with another brand, I gotta believe that that sort of makes it awkward for you and your peers to kind of watch that player he or him or her, you know, you know, going forward after they have left the brand to go with somebody else because you, I imagine you start to develop personal relationships with those folks. How hard is it, you know, for for you guys to watch someone cross brand lines? You know, that, that's a great question, Chris. I think it really depends on the player. I can point to a couple of guys that, 
you know, that maybe they were on our staff, and, and I'd rather not name the names. Sure. Um, you know, they, they, they can say um, that, you know, they've had such great relationships with the members of our tour staff and um, perhaps our developmental tour staff as well. Um, so they, they have a lot of great connections, and maybe it was just kind of a more of a business decision to move on to maybe someone who maybe is slightly bigger. Um, and in that case, it's not really there's, – there's not really any animosity, but there are some instances where – you know, sometimes it just didn't work out. And I think uh, it's nothing personal. It's just that sometimes um, maybe it doesn't work out. And I think it's just best for both parties to move on. But I think overall, you know, being out on tour, uh, you know, the tour staffs between all the OEMs that are out in the trailers uh, from week to week on tour, they're, they're generally all pretty close. I mean, they're all kind of, yes, they work for different companies, but, you know, they're out there week to week. It's, it's a tough job out there. I mean, building clubs on a weekly basis, trying to get those specs right for all the guys and, you know, they, who knows what the guys could say to to ask these uh, these guys in the in the trailers like, oh well, I need a little bit more. I need X more spin or Y more, you know, grip thick. You know, there, there's so many different things you could say, and I think uh, there are a lot of good relationships out there in the tour staff. And I don't think it's it's really anything awkward so much as it is just you know trying to stick together, be be as good as you can, and do the best you can, and, and you know whatever happens, it, it happens. So you know, let's let's get a little bit more brand specific. As uh, I, you, you and I communicated a little bit before the show, and I told you I play both the Callaway Chrome Soft Golf Ball and the Strixon Z Star Golf Ball Golf okay. Balls, and have for the last couple of years. As a brand manager for Strixon, convince me why should I only play the Strix the Strixon Z Star? <laughs> it's a great question. So yeah, I've, I've transitioned into more of a public relations role now for Strixon. So now I'm really going <laughs> to put my advertising PR hat on here. So we'll get ready. So, right. so the the Callaway Chrome Soft, obviously that's that's been a, a pretty popular ball, and I can't I will not sit here and say you should not play X competitor ball because it just doesn't have this or that. But what I will say about the Strixon Golf Balls compared to all of our other competitors that are on the market in any category for any player for that matter as well, the golf balls that we make are all about having total performance. So. We have the Z-Star and the Z-Star XV as our tour premium golf balls. They'll have a urethane cover. Z-Star is a three-piece. The XV is the dual-core four-piece for higher swing speed players. So at the end of the day, these golf balls are going to have the total performance that every player needs to execute every shot to their fullest. What that means is that there aren't going to be any issues with compression being too low or too high, covers being too firm, too soft. You're going to have the optimal balance of performance on every golf ball that you need as long as you fit into the golf ball that provides you the most important benefits for your game, right? So it could be that for a player who's playing the Z-Star, I'm going to assume that you're swinging around 100 miles an hour and you're probably shooting, you know, you're, you're a sing, either a single-digit scratch or a uh, maybe low-double-digit low handicap who needs some help around the greens and you want that spin, you want that control, you want that great feel, but you also want that distance. So the Z-Star is a great choice because you get the maximum spin and control around the greens, but you're not really losing any of the distance off the tee because you have our energetic radiant growth core, which is going to allow energy to seamlessly transfer the best. And you're also going to have our spin skin dimple pattern, which is going to reduce drag through the wind and going to make the ball more aerodynamic and just fly the furthest in, in the wind. And, um, you got, you got spin skin as well. I'm, I'm kind of gushing here about these technologies. But, you know, spin skin is a great technology because it improves greenside spin, basically making the cover 
a little bit more flexible without sacrificing distance. So you get that added spin and control around the green without sacrificing distance. So hope that was enough to uh, tell you completely <laughs> on the Z-Star. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're not going to have too many different uh, SKUs, too many different uh, golf ball options. I think we have, we have four main options and five total with our marathon ball. But, you know, we, we have a very simple high-performance lineup, and I'm, there's a golf ball that fit every player for sure. So let's, let's transition that into your, uh, your line of drivers that you guys have out this season. Kind of walk me through the differences of your, your Strixon Z355, the Z545, and the Z745 drivers, and what level of players each one of those is really designed for. Sure. Well, the 355, that came out uh, last September, and, that, and the Strixon clubs in this market are still pretty new to the game, and I think it's just great for your uh, – your listeners just to be able to understand that, you know, Strixon mainly known for golf balls in the North American market, but, you know, as a brand in Japan, that's been around for uh, about 15 years, um, very well known for high quality, high performance golf clubs, as well as golf balls in Japan. And now uh, globally, the clubs are, are available and uh, definitely gaining some traction on tour as well as in the markets as well. So the 355, we, we classify that as our game improvement performance type of product. And that basically is because the head's a little bit heavier and the balance point of the shaft is a little bit higher than usual. And when you have those two technologies, we call that our action mass technology. The action mass technology is a heavier head with the, with the high balance point shaft to be able to deliver maximum distance and forgiveness. And we do that by delivering more kinetic energy because the head is heavier. And you also have the high balance point, which is going to be able to allow the head to just move faster through the ball at impact. So it's really something that's going to help guys that struggle with head speed and consistency to be able to improve both areas of their driving game with that. And then you have the two players drivers, our 545 and our 745. And those drivers are for a little more experienced players that want to try to work the ball a little bit more. The 545, it's a 460 cc profile. So a little bit more forgiving. And the seven series is a 430 cc, a little bit smaller shape, probably better for higher swing speed guys that like to work the ball a little bit more off the tee. So from, from the driver, let's, let's, let's go to wedges. And we've talked a lot about the short game uh, on the show today. Talk about your wedge series and how much better our short games could be if we were properly fit for those. <laughs> well, we haven't, we, we've tried to quantify exactly, and we're not going to make a guarantee that says if you play our wedges, we're going to save you five shots right away. We'd rather walk you through the exact fit, and just let our technology speak for itself and how it can benefit your game. So Cleveland Golf, as you know, and as, as I'm sure your listeners know, a leader in wedges, founded in 1979, and I'm sure most people know about the 588 wedge, which came out in 1988. Uh, pretty much the iconic wedge design in the market today, the dominant design for a wedge that's going to help you get the most versatility and control in any type of situation. Basically, every wedge that we make um, the 588 is kind of like that opening canvas, and we're always seeking to iterate and improve that with every wedge that we make. And that's why with the 588 RTX 2.0, which is our current wedge, you've got the most advanced spin technology with the Rotex 2 face, and you've got three different uh, advanced sole options that are going to help you get the most versatility and forgiveness, depending on the player that you're going, the type of player that you are and what you're going for. So with the blade, it's going to be for a wide range of players that just prefer the look of a blade, the feel of a blade, 
but we also have a cavity back because we don't think that every wedge, not just one wedge does not fit every golfer. And I think Cleveland, that's what really separates Cleveland from other wedge companies is that not only do we have a blade and a cavity back in our featured models, but we also have our smart sole wedge, the smart sole 2.0 for guys that just want to say, Hey, just get me out of the bunker. I mean, I'm in the bunker. I can't get out. I've had trouble. The smart sole's got a really thick sole just that's going to help glide through the sand most easily and just get you out of there. So that's a great alternative. And, we think with the right wedges, you know, if you're if you can't break a hundred because you can't get out of a bunker, the smart sole is gonna, you know, who knows how many shots it could save you, right? How many of those shots right. are wasted trying to get out of a bunker, right? Um, yes. Same thing with, um, you know, playing, having the right model fit, having the right or, or the right distance gapping. I think one thing that most amateurs really lose sight of is the distance gap between the pitching wedge and the sand wedge in their set. Today's pitching wedge is going to be about 44 to 45 degrees in loft. And if you're not playing at least one wedge in between your pitching wedge and your sand wedge, which is about 56 degrees, that's about a 10 to 11 degree dis, um, gap between your wedges. That's a critical gap in your, um, in your set that if you've got like a 90 or 100 yard shot, there's not a club in your bag that you can hit full to hit that distance. So for an amateur to ask an amateur to try to hit a knockdown pitching wedge or muscle up on a sandwich, hit that, hit that distance. It's, it's a lot to ask. It's a big ask. And it's something that's probably going to lead to inconsistent uh, shot results and different, uh, very wide dispersion. Um, so if we can encourage the amateur to have something in their bag, that's like a 50 or a 52 and to understand that that club with the right full swing, consistent swing can help you hit this number in between your pitching wedge and your sandwich. Again, that could save you anywhere from two to 12 shots around, right? Who knows exactly how many it can save you. It's something that if you really look at your game and understand where you're losing strokes, you can have wedges and with our technologies and the right fit that can definitely help you improve your game and your score. Eli, one of the other things that we hear so much about when we're talking about wedges is grind. Do your wedges come yes. in uh, various grinds, and, and and if so, what 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 do those mean? You know, explain to our explain to our listeners what what's the difference in the different grinds. Absolutely. So we have three different main grinds on our RTX 2.0 wedges, and they're denoted by our our dot system, which has been very standard now for about ten years, I think. And we are we're very proud of this kind of the simplicity in that process for fitting because it is something that can get pretty complicated if you're not fully aware of exactly what it's doing and how it can help your game. So obviously bounce is your friend because when you find yourself in a bunker or in deep rough, the more bounce you have, the more forgiveness you're going to be able to have to allow the club to impact the ball in the, in the widest variety of situations to get um, enough club on it to get it onto the green and have some control over where it's going. So we recommend um, our standard sole is a two-dot sole that's basically our mid bounce. That's going to have the widest. That's going to fit the widest range of players, in that it's going to accommodate the widest variety of turf conditions, as well as the widest variety of swing types. Now, we also offer the one dot, which is our low bounce sole, and the three dot, which is the full bounce sole. So the one dot, our low bounce, that's going to be really ideal for guys that have uh, very shallow attack angles. Your sweeper type of player. And if they're in uh, very firm, dry course conditions, typically, if that's where they play their golf, right? If they're in um, maybe Texas, not quite this time of year, but as you're getting to July and August, you know, if it's really dry and firm, you want to be able to kind of nip the ball off the turf. Whereas if you're 
maybe on the East Coast or somewhere where it's very, maybe Washington State, if it's a little more uh, humid or if there's a lot of moisture, very soft turf, or if you have a very steep attack angle, then that full sole with the, the three dots, the, the wider sole with a little bit more bounce, that's going to be a more ideal option because you're going to have a little bit more lift through the turf with the, with the higher bounce, and you'll get a little bit more forgiveness as well if you're kind of having a steeper attack angle and coming over a little bit potentially. Ah, very cool. All right. So I, I like that. that you know, uh, you know, particularly for the, for the, you know, for the conditions around the country, I think that's, uh, that's very unique that you've got, uh, you know, to your point, if you play a lot in Texas and it's going to be hot and dry for the summer, go with the one dot. If you're uh, maybe if you're in Florida where you play in the afternoons, particularly, and you get the thunder boomers in the afternoon and now you're playing in some, uh, you know, soft, moist conditions from the rain, that sort of thing. And to your point up in Seattle, the Seattle area, great three dot. Very cool. <laughs> Yeah, you can never uh, – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to – I mean, it's kind of a – I mean, you can never go wrong with having an optimal wedge set depending on where you play. I mean, if you're – I'm sure you've got a ton of avid listeners on the show and who are playing way more golf than I am right now. And if they're going to different parts of the country, even different parts of the world, you know, you can have a wedge set that is going to be able to be maximizing your performance depending on the conditions, depending on the time of year, depending on how your game is. I think we, we even see some guys that, you know, depending on how they're feeling with their swing, they're, they're looking to kind of have a little bit more of a, a thinner, maybe more versatile type of sole, so that they might favor a one dot depending on how they're feeling about their game versus a two dot sometimes. I think it really just depends on your feel and your preference and, you know, we, one thing that's great about Cleveland is that we offer a year-round series of um, of instruction and interaction with our product that we call our scoring clinics. And I think uh, you can go to any scoring clinic if you look at our, our website, clevelandgolf.com, and find out a scoring clinic in your area. And you can see uh, firsthand just the options that we have and how the different types of souls can make a difference in your game. I'm talking with Eli Miller here on Next on the Tee, and Eli from uh, Strixon. He's a brand manager for Strixon Golf and, and Cleveland Golf. And, and uh, Eli, as I was sort of doing some of the research uh, for our time together this morning, you did a series of short videos with Martin Hall from the, from the Golf Channel. Talk about what it was like filming with him and putting those uh, Strixon ads together. It was a lot of fun. Martin is a – he's a great guy. He's such a – call him a uh, a man of golf and I, and that basically means that you know he's no matter no matter what the weather is no matter how he's feeling I, I've been fortunate to work with him a few times he is just about golf he's not about you know just himself or just what he's done he's just all he wants to do is help golfers play better and I love that because that's what we all want to do is play better and I think having him uh, on our staff is phenomenal. I, I try to watch his show as often as I can. Um, we we like to we, we have an expression around the office for because we, we do we, we try to do as much video content as we can. And you know for for the guys that do a lot of video, um, we call them uh, one take because you know they they're on camera and they don't need to do like three or four takes with the content they have. They're just they're so good that they can just go right away and they're just they're done in one take, right? And now mm-hmm. we, you've got Martin Hall and he's he might be the best at that that I've seen. Um, I don't know if anyone in our office is listening, but the, I guess the gauntlet's been laid down there. He's <laughs> he's, he's really good, and uh, he, he's an absolute pleasure to work with. Um, his wife Lisa is phenomenal. I've been able to meet her. She's actually a former Solheim Cup player. She's she's phenomenal. She's a 
she's a lady of golf, I guess you could say. Um, they, mm-hmm. They're just the nicest people, and we were able to uh, work with them earlier this year in Florida with uh, with PGA Tour Superstore as well as um, doing some stuff with them at the PGA show, and uh, can't wait to see him again. Like he, He's a great guy, and we're very grateful for all that he does for us on School of Golf and also um, just in – just in his everyday everyday life. I mean, he's out at Ibis in Florida, which is a, a great facility, and uh, he does a lot of great support with us there and just kind of spreading the gospel of, of getting better at golf. So we're, we're great to uh, – we're very fortunate to have him on our staff, and he's, he's awesome. Eli, just a couple of more before we let you go. Will Wilcox sure. aced the uh, 17th oh. hole in the second round of the Players' Championship last week with his yellow on golf ball. Uh, from the Twitter post, it looked like – you know, Michelob Ultra lights were on, were on him for everybody following that right. uh, fantastic show. How much fun <laughs> is it for you guys when, when you get news that uh, one of your players is, uh, is aced a hole somewhere, particularly there? So, okay, so we were – I'll set the scene for you here. So that was Friday. I think it was Friday, right, not Thursday. Yep. So it was Friday in our, in, in our marketing office. We've got, we've got a TV in there. We've got, a, we've got an open floor layout. We don't have – we don't have cubicle walls or anything. So we're watching the players championship live Wilcox on the tee. And we see that right as it happens. And the whole oh office, it was like, it was like being at a baseball game or something. I mean, where everyone where the game winning, it happened. It was, it was insane. I wish we had gotten the reaction in real time. We, we didn't get yes. that. We didn't, we didn't count on a hole in one happening. Let's, let's be honest there, but um, what an exciting shot. And the first hole in one ever, for a tour yellow golf ball on a PGA tour, I might add. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yes. Right. So we, um, it, it was really exciting and we, uh, we went pretty nuts with it on social and will, um, you know, he struggled the next day, right. You know, I can understand that. Right. I think, uh, you know, the players that, that Saturday was one of the most brutal days, I think in the tournament history. So, you know, but what a, what a fun, what a fun guy he's, he is a grinder. I mean, he, he's always grinding on something and he really is just passionate about getting better, which is what, uh, what the Strixon brand is really about too. We're dedicated to improving your game. So he fits in well with what we're about and kind of where we're going. And, um, he's, he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's, he's firmly inside the top 100 now on tour and, uh, he's part of that next wave of guys that we have on our staff. Your your Smiley Kaufman's your Harold Barnard of the thirds that, you know, those guys that are young and kind of fearless out there. And uh, they're not afraid to have fun when they're doing well too, which is fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. But what what becomes of the golf ball? Does did, does Will did he does he come out there to you know take pictures with everyone with the golf ball? Does the golf ball go into a Cleveland Golf Strixon Hall of Fame? And anything with the golf ball from making <laughs> that shot? The golf ball is it that that is his memento. We we got a picture of him with the ball. I I, I don't know exactly what he's doing with it. Um, I would hope he's gonna. I'll be honest, if it were me. I'd probably keep it because I've never had a hole in one before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me be either. Hole in one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel so bad anymore. I was talking to other people <laughs> this week, and they're like, "Oh, I've I've had one, or I've had it's like, Dude, I've had none. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, I, I honestly that's that's a good question, Chris. I'm not sure. Uh, I would I would hope he's keeping it. Um, hopefully, it's just kind of in his bag to give him some some positive vibes maybe going into any round, but, uh, yeah, some good you know, maybe go. if he makes a few more, yeah, exactly. If he makes a few more, then we might have to uh, start doing a tour yellow hole in one tally or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so Eli, without giving, obviously giving any trade secrets away here, but what, what are some of the technologies that uh, you guys are working on that we can look forward to hopefully in the not too distant future? 
Oof, oof, really putting me on the spot here. So I can't <laughs> give full disclosure to anything, sure. but Understood. I will say that we've got some really, really great product launches coming up next, uh, actually not next year, this year. Uh, they're coming up later this fall. So I would encourage your listeners and everyone who is interested uh, to stay tuned to Cleveland Golf and to Strixon. You can follow us on our sites, clevelandgolf.com, strixon.com, also on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and see what's coming. We've got some really great uh, golf ball technology that we're launching here um, in more of the all-ability category, a little bit more of a price point product that's still going to be extremely high performance. And then with Cleveland, you know, our focus right now is on the short game, owning 125 yards and in. And later this year, I can't give more details right now, but just, just know that we've got something. We've got a wedge technology that we think can really change the game. We think that wow. we've, we've, done, we, we've done our job um, on development, and we, we're getting ready to kind of blast it out here to the world. So I would encourage your listeners to just kind of stay tuned if they're looking. Obviously, keep listening to this show and also to uh, you know the, the Internet, just the, the buzz around the Internet and the blogs and everything and just see – see what's going to happen in the next few weeks because we're, we're really excited about it and we're confident that this is really going to make a, an enormous difference in the short game. So if, just a few weeks from now? It's going to get out on tour in a few weeks, and the product itself will be launched a, a, little, bit, a little bit after that. But, um, right. you know, in the next few weeks, just kind of keep your eyes open around the U.S. Open time. All right. Well, we hope you'll come back on the show and uh, talk all about it. You've uh, certainly uh, wet, wetted my whistle, and I'm sure for everyone listening <laughs> listening in, we can't wait to hear more about it. And speaking of the U.S. Open, Eli, before we let you go, favorites that, uh, that you, as we look look ahead to Oakmont <laughs> and whatnot, both, both within the brand, of course, and then, you know, maybe another guy or two that you think uh, we should, uh, we, we might see at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Gosh, so yeah, of course, the top 10 is going to be Graham McDowell, Keegan Bradley, you know, all that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> obviously, you can, look, you can look for, you know, just like at the Masters, we, we've got all of our top guys in the field uh, this week. I think I was looking at this, the um, kind of the qualification. I think this Monday should be a pretty big day. We should have about five more guys officially get in this Monday because they lock in the top 60 in the official world golf ranking. So um, I'm looking at Russell Knox. Russell Knox is uh, having – such a great year. He's having a career year. Yes. Such a great, great, consistent ball striker. Phenomenal putter. Um, not the longest guy, so I don't know. On one hand, he doesn't jump out at me as someone who can be a favorite at Oakmont, but with the way he's playing and just the consistency with which he's been striking the ball and putting, I think he's got to be at least in the discussion at Oakmont. Now, mm-hmm. um, Kadeki Matsuyama is another guy who I think, you know, look at what he did. He's, he's been in the Sunday conversation with both the Masters and the players, so there's nothing to lead me to believe that he wouldn't be around um, at Oakmont as well. I do worry maybe about his game a little bit more, honestly, at, at a U.S. Open compared to, like, a Masters or a PGA Championship. But Why? Um, well, he's getting better. I think he, he's kind of rounding his game more into major championship form, but mm-hmm. – um, I'd, I'd look at those two guys on our staff. Of course, Graham McDowell is a past champion, um, and he Man. always loves playing the U.S. Open, so i, I got to keep my eyes on him as well. Um, outside our staff, I mean, how can you not at least think about Jason Day right now? I mean, he's right. 
he's on another planet. I, I hate to say it, but he's, uh, <laughs> I, I really, because, you know, looking at what he did at the players, you know, he didn't have his best, he, he didn't have his A game on Saturday or Sunday, but there was still, and granted the course was playing so hard that it was tough to make a run at him. But I don't know when he's, he, he looked like a former number one golfer who had won quite a bit of events without having his A game on there, just having built mm-hmm. such a big lead early in the event. And then just kind of hanging on. And I think, you know, Tiger won so many events like that, so many majors like that, right? And I think Day, I mean, I could yeah. see if he, if he has, I mean, he, he's he got his head screwed on straight. He's got a great, um, he, he might, I, I hate, I mean, I can't say he's the best, but gosh, the relationship he has with Colin Swat, just how they, I, I know that Jason gets a little bit, um, he gets some grief for maybe being a little bit slow and a little bit deliberate with, with Colin. I know Colin is always talking to him. It seems like in every shot, but I mean, the relationship they have, I bet most guys, if not every guy in the PGA tour would try to find something like that, that they can lean on in pressure situations and just have that full trust. And, you know, when it really counts. And I think that's what day really has working for him well right now. So, I mean, he'd be the guy that I'd probably pick. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, it'd be hard <laughs> not to, to say it, but... the way he's playing. So uh, and as the world number one, right? And you, how do you, how do you not pick that guy? If you're going to pick a foursome of guys to uh, to win the U.S. Open, uh, he's he's got to be certainly amongst the four. Yeah, but my guy that I'm going to pick is Russell Knox. How about that? All right. There you go. <laughs> Eli, tell our listeners how they can follow you and Strixon Golf both online and over social media as well. So the best way to reach me and keep in touch, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Twitter just my full name, Eli Miller. And then if you want to learn more about any of our brands and products, please go to Strixon.com, ClevelandGolf.com. And I know there's maybe another time we'll have to talk about Zexio a little bit, ZexioUSA.com, X-X-I-O-U-S-A.com. Very good. Eli, thank you again for getting up very early on a Saturday morning out on the West Coast to be a part of the show. I hope you'll come back soon and, you know, in a couple of weeks, whenever that is, that you guys are ready to make the big announcement about the, the new Wedge Series. Love, love to hear more about it. Chris, that sounds great. Hey, thanks so much for having me, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Eli. All the best to you and everyone at Cleveland Golf, and it's Rick Son. Look forward to catching up soon. All right, you too. Thanks so much, Chris. That is Eli Miller, brand manager at uh, Cleveland Golf and Strixon, the Strixon brand. Great stuff. Like I've said, uh, you know, before on this show, and I said to, to Eli as well, you know, I play uh, the Strixon Z-Star, uh, you know, both that and the uh, Callaway Chrome Soft. But uh, I enjoy the Z-Star brand. It's, uh, it's a great golf ball and certainly look forward to the wedge. The wedge stuff has really piqued my interest. Uh, I love the, the the idea now of the one dot two dot three dot sole that they've got going on in, uh, in their Strixon drivers. Uh, Z355, 545, and 745 drivers. Check it out online, folks. Great stuff. Hopefully, uh, we get the Eli back on the show real soon to talk about the new Wedge series as well. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode. But before we close up shop, I want to remind you about our good friends and our partner, uh, PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes, and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Such great stuff that they're doing. Let's hear a word uh, from Jim about all that, uh, all that they've got going on over at the SMGA. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. 
Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, Jim and his wonderful staff and the, the folks involved there are doing some really amazing things over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Please, to find out more information and how you can get involved, go to their website, smga.org. All right, everybody, my sincere thanks again to Tom Patry and Eli Miller for making today's show so much fun for me to be a part of. I really hope you enjoyed it as well. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe LaGianusha. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live coming from Blog Talk Radio and on the Armed Forces Radio Network as well. You can also find that show and this one available on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud. We're out on YouTube. We're, we're all over the place. Please check us out. Uh, that show every week uh, on Thursday night tailgate, we, we talk with legends from stars and stars from around the NFL and the Canadian football league as well. Please also check out both shows on social media on uh, Facebook, particularly you can find this show next on the T with Chris Mascaro Thursday night tailgate. We've got a, a, a Facebook page for that one as well. Please give us a like, and that's very important to us. And if you've got questions or, or feedback you want to give us, please, Put a comment on, on either one of those sites. Uh, that's very important to us. We take those very seriously. And, uh, and we hope you, you know, enjoy both shows. You can find us online. This show, nextonthetea.net, thursdaynighttailgate.com. From there, you can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, folks. Plus, you can keep up to date with who some of our future guests are going to be as well. Folks, thank you for choosing to listen to this show today. We know you've got millions of you know, shows, podcasts that you have the opportunity to listen to, stream, download. We really appreciate that you've made Next on the T one of them. Until next week, my friends, hit them straight. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love from the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf. Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better. Like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. 
Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.